Jason, legend, Aussie, welcome to episode three of the Idiot James podcast. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. It's good to be here. And fucking today is a special day. What day is it? It is. It's Australia Day, also known as Invasion Day to some, I guess. Invasion Day, yeah, bro. Yeah. That's the fucking hot yeah. topic, eh? Yeah, it is. It is. It's uh, pretty wild to, I guess, be over in Norway as well. So, You know, I guess one of the good things about being Australian in Norway and celebrating like Australia Day is that you're, you're not really too caught up in the politics of it. And you're just here to fucking have a good time yeah. and to celebrate. And speaking of celebrating, you've bought a little gift in for us. And I did. And I did. Should we crack them? Let's do it. Fucking there you go. <sighs> what a good sound, eh? Cheers, mate. Cheers, brother. Hey, let me get Let's fucking do it. I have to drive later on, but nothing's more fucking Aussie than drinking and driving, so. <laughs> Just casual DUI. Just a casual DUI. Shit. Hold on a second. Mm. So, uh, Jason. Yeah. What does Australia Day like mean to you? How do you celebrate it? Like, are you a patriot? You love your country? What's the fucking deal, mate? Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm a, a patriot. Um, yeah, like, like, I, like always growing up, like you would always celebrate it, you know, get the Australian flag tattoos on, on your face as a kid growing up, going, watching the fireworks and it was just like a day of celebration. Uh, and then I guess like growing up, then you sort of realize what the actual day meant. Uh, so then there's a bit of change or a bit of a shift in like focus from it. Also like, you know, just growing up like in your teens, early twenties, uh, like listening to the hottest 100 that was always on, on Australia day. So she's a big party, listening to some good tunes, drinking beers. Like it was always a great day. Uh, but you know, I think it was a couple of years ago, they changed that as well to now it's, uh, the Saturday before, I think, Australia Day, because they wanted to separate that from that, from Australia Day. So they yeah. wanted to separate the partying, yeah, from Australia uh, Day. Yeah, yeah, for, uh, like the Triple J, the hottest one hundred. They wanted to separate that from uh, like Australia Day itself. Mm. Um, there was a bit of backlash, but I think like I think it's better. Uh, people still enjoy it. Everyone's forgotten about it, and you know, yeah. So um, for me, Australia Day. I mean, I've been living in Norway now for fucking ages, bro. So, you know, sometimes like I always go, oh, fuck, it's Australia Day. Sometimes I even forget. So it's good to have you here because you were like, Aussie <laughs> yeah, Day, yeah. let's meet up. Let's yeah, fucking I do did, it to I 26 did, did, yeah. in case you forgot. Yeah. And, and sometimes I do. But for me, Australia Day has always been about hanging out with family, with, uh, with good friends, um, having a barbecue, going to the beach, playing some two-up, drinking, going out that night, just hanging out and um being grateful actually for you know everybody and everything that's been done so that our life in australia has you know we had fucking you know it's a great country yeah it is it is it should be like there should be a day to to celebrate it i i think you know it's a beautiful country i know it's not the most ideal date uh, just change it all right like, me personally uh, i wouldn't mind like it, it isn't that like for me I, like it doesn't like yeah, I don't know. The date... Okay, why don't you explain to people what is controversial about the date and why changing it might be a good idea? Uh, yeah, so like the 26th, um, but I think like you definitely have the fact checker, but I think it was in uh, the 90s that they made it a, a national like public holiday uh, to celebrate that, you know, this is Australia Day. 
Um, but also from the on the 26th, um, that was when the settlement, or James, or it wasn't James Cook, but the other dude who came in, and then they settled on the 26th back in the 1700s, or I think it is. Mm. Um, but also on that day, it's also when the uh, the invasion day, I guess a lot of people say that. Um, so, yeah, like a, a lot of indigenous people are like are upset because that was the start of like the genocide. So, you know, it's not a, a day to celebrate for them. Mm. Um, but then there's also, you know, Australians, they want a day to celebrate and there's just a really, you know, they're just putting heads on it. Um, it's a touchy subject yeah. because if that's the day that Australia got founded as a nation, it's the day that the Aboriginal people lost their country, yeah, which yeah. they'd been in for fucking, I don't know, 40,000, 50,000. Yeah, I think it's around 60,000. Yeah, one of the 60, oldest 60, civilizations years. in the world. Yeah. Holy shit, man. Could you imagine just fucking living in Australia like 30,000 yeah, years man. ago? Yeah, Wouldn't that be the life, yeah, bro? You know, like the, how they used to deal with snake bites, the indigenous people, they're always told to just lay still. So if they got bitten by a snake, wherever they were, obviously they would move away from the snake, but they would just lay there and just hope they didn't die. Just try to stay as still as possible. And that was like, they would have had to deal with so much stuff. But they, you know, continued. Dude, it's especially amazing. because Australia has so many things that are going to fucking jack you. Everything. And <laughs> everything. Literally everything. Everything is out to kill you. Everywhere. So you're this Aboriginal guy, man. 25, 30,000, 50,000 years ago. You got to deal with, what do you got to deal with? You got to deal with fucking snakes. You got a fuck ton of spiders. Crocodiles. Crocodiles. The and then in the, in the summer weather up north, you got the box jellyfish. Oh, you can't go swimming. Fuck no. You can't go get fish. No, no, no. Because crocodiles get you. Shit, that's it. Yeah, but the box jellyfish. People forget about yeah, box yeah, jellyfish, yeah, man. Those fuckers will get you. Dude, they'll get you. And I, I mean, it's when I went up north and I used to work at Airlie Beach and go there, like we had to wear full wetsuits, yeah, yeah. wear the gloves. You're looking like a ninja. Yeah. You know, you morph suits. You have to wear morph suits. Yeah. And if you get touched by one of the long tentacles of the jellyfish, that's a wrap. Like yeah. you, you, you got to yeah, treat yeah. that fucking yeah. quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I used to work on this boat where we take tourists out like a few days around Early Beach. Yeah, beautiful. And we had to, oh, so good, man. And we had to be really strict on people because especially everybody's drinking and having a good time and they just don't know. And so we had to have safety briefings every time people went into the water right. and let them know, do not go into the water. If one of you goes into the water without a wetsuit, the chances are that you're going to get stung and we have to turn the boat around immediately and take you to the fucking hospital. Yeah, right. Yeah, like when I was up in Townsville, there, there's just little um, stations of vinegar mm. all up and down the beaches, just in case for if you get stung, you know, you've got the vinegar there. Jason, you're a Aquaman. You're a fucking beach, beach yeah, guy. Yeah. Fact or fiction, if you get stung by a jellyfish or blue bottle, can you piss on, can you piss on it and will that help? Uh, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think it, it helps. I think it's just a, another alternative for vinegar. If you don't have it, you can put it on there. And it's not to like to calm it or to soothe it. It's to be able to remove the tentacles, to be able to, to get the, to be able to detach them. So it doesn't heal or like soothe the pain. It's just to be able to remove the tentacles. Okay. So it just makes it easier to yeah, so, so get with rid the, of them. The vinegar, like it has no like healing properties. It just, it has a chemical reaction to be able to remove the actual tentacle from the skin. So are we saying that piss has the same <laughs> quality? 
it's not medicinal, but A, it's fun. B, it might actually do the same job as vinegar. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Yeah. You have to test it out next time you're yeah, down I'll there. Yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Just I'll keep you updated on some that. Some tourist just goes swimming. Ah, blue bottle. Just fucking get your cock out. Hold on a sec. I'm, this is a medical procedure. This is medicine. Welcome to Australia, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like one of the things and uh, one, of the, one of the fucking shows that I've been watching, you know, especially, I haven't watched it so much lately, but has been Bondi Rescue. Yep, yep. Fucking hell, man. It's just like the same thing yeah, every man. episode. <clears throat> yeah. That backpacker's rip, I think they call it that. Yeah. Yep. It just takes souls, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, like, I've, I've got a feeling that, like, it's a really, I mean, it's a popular show in Norway. Yeah. I, when, I, when I first got here, I flicked on the TV and on one channel was Bondi Rescue and then the next one was Home and Away. So, and then Border, Border Force, the Border, Australian Border Force. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think, like, I think if the show is popular here, it's probably popular in, you know, England and fucking China and Asia. Yeah. I bet people go down to Bondi and they're like, fuck it, I'm going to drown. I'm going to get one of these studs to pick me up and then I'm going to be fucking famous back home. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, right? Yeah. Fun fact, I've only been to Bondi once and it was in in the evening. You've only been once? So you didn't even go swimming? No. No, I've never swum at Bondi. It's too many people. Dude, it's a a beautiful beach. It's, you know, like location-wise and everything like that, it's super crowded and overpopulated yep. and you know it gets litter and all that sort of stuff but i think they do a real good job at like trying to clean it up and yeah yeah it was like it always looks immaculate considering how many people are there especially when you see on like the news when it's a hot day there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people just crammed on this one beach yeah and then you know like there's just no litter well i'm sure there is some like but <laughs> you know they, they do a good job Dude, the drone shots of bondi beach on like a hot day on like a public holiday it's just packed yeah. like good like you people you got to get that fucking early yeah. camp out yeah, build man. a tent you know what i mean the whole thing sunrise they're just there yeah yeah get in early yeah i think i was just spoiled because i grew up just north um of sydney so you know we had beaches where we'd go and there literally wouldn't be another soul on there and then to go down there and just see so many people it's just not appealing at all no i, I get that man yeah. and uh wh- where did you grow up uh, on the central coast um, so it's like yeah, hour and a half um, from Sydney, just in between Newcastle and Sydney. So are you more or less like halfway between Newcastle then? And- uh, I, it was like 45 minutes to Newcastle and an yeah. hour and a half from uh, Sydney. But I was on the northern side of the central coast. Gotcha. Yeah. Is that around the entrance? Uh, yeah. Like just um, so my mum was there and I, I grew up about 20 minutes north of there. So Lake Memora, Dawson. Uh, I grew up surfing at Catherine Hill Bay. Gotcha. So, and is that a small beach community? Um, yeah, like re- relatively. Um, yeah, because you've got like Fraser, Fraser National Park as well. There's like some good surf up through there. And it's just that whole stretch of coast there. It's just got some pumping waves and beautiful beaches. Mm. But uh, now it's a lot of Sydney siders moving up there. So it's getting pretty pop- populated. I went back there. And I uh, actually uh, took my girl and I was like, oh, I'm going to show you like the most beautiful beach, like there's, there's caves, there's nothing, there's going to be no one there. And like, there was just so many people. I was just like, yeah, because they, yeah. they just build um, like, like a suburbs and like, you know, yeah, real estate, like just booming up there. So, okay. So it was like a kind of like a, maybe like an undiscovered kind of pearl when you yeah. were growing up and then 
the secrets out. Yeah. And yeah. then they're just like, fuck it. Sydney prices, ridiculous. Let's develop correct, this area. Correct, yeah. And then, you know what? My cousin moved up there, actually. Mm. He lived in Newport. So he, yep. he grew up, you know, by the beach. And then uh, I think they just wanted to fucking go somewhere a bit quieter for the family mm. and mm -hmm. get a bigger, bigger place. You know, Sydney prices are through yeah, the fucking wild, roof. Wild. You know, two two places in the world where the prices are just astronomical, and that's Oslo and Sydney. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I guess you can get like you know for what you would get in Sydney, like a shitty, oh, like a shitty house, a, a, a regular house. Yeah. You know, I think they're out there. They got a pool. Yeah, All the kids yeah, have yeah. rooms, mm. like a big backyard for yeah. the dogs, trampolines, Views, close to the beach. Yeah. Ah yeah. oh, man, you know, like you know, the, when when I was in my 20s and even the beginning of my 30s i i did not appreciate how important it is to live a life integrated with nature mm. and i was you know i was like oh nah the city's where it's happening there's a vibe here things are moving quickly i'm central i can always get around everything's open i have access to everything but then like you know you get to a point where you're like fuck that's 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 just all like that's all kind of like it's it's good, but it's it's not like a meaningful connection mm, mm. with the with the country that you're living in. And now I'm if I went back to Australia, I don't think I'd want to live in Sydney. Yeah, no, I want to avoid it. Yeah, right. As much as possible. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, what do you think about? And, and that's that's a good thing about Oslo as well is that you are so close to nature. Mm. It's a lot smaller. Yeah. You know, what I mean, you could drive for fucking hours in Sydney and just you know see suburb after suburb yeah. but here you have access to the water on one side 10 minutes the other way you got like mountains yeah, you, just, you got you forests just on, a, on the subway for 10 minutes and you're in the forest yeah like it's, and that's from like pretty much almost the center of oslo mm. like it's yeah it's beautiful contrast here yeah, yeah. And it, you know have you ever looked at like google maps of oslo like the google map thing of norway and then just zoomed into oslo Basically, if you have a look at Norway, like with Google Maps, you see how small the uh, metropolis area yep. is compared to everything around it. It's just like a tiny dot. Yep. And then above Norway, above Oslo, which is probably like, I don't know, fucking five kilometers or something, it's just trees and mountains and forests literally all the way up to the top of the country. Yeah. And there's just small dots of civilizations in between, yeah. man. It's fucking gnarly. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And then you've got Australia. It's just, yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure that it's the exact same population in Sydney that it is in the whole of Norway as well. So I bet Sydney's bigger. And, I think it's like 5.2 and 5.6 million. But bro, just like uh, get a little bit closer. Yeah. Kebab style. Yeah, kebab. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice, sexy. Yeah, I know Sydney has like a radical expansion program, man. Mm. They just want to be big. They're just like, fucking, let's just build up, build up, build up. I think when I was growing up there, there was like 3 million people. Yeah, right. And so now it's, like, it's almost doubled. Same in Australia. Like when I was a kid, it was like, oh, 15 million population. Now I, well, it's probably over 20, 20, yeah. 20 yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. That. 20 million change. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Yeah, man. What do you think about, uh, what do you think about like, uh, the country getting bigger and more people and what does that you know how what does that mean for the country do you, do you reckon and do, is it is it a great change what do you think um yeah i think it's a good change like where you always got to like move forward um i definitely feel as if um so australia is a really young nation in comparison to even norway 
you know, obviously like England, America, like they've had a lot of time to be able to, um, you know, uh, use their like resources and to, to make the money and to develop as a country. Uh, and Australia is sort of playing catch up. And I definitely feel as if we're, we're selling off a lot of our, our land and our asset, assets to be able to compete with everyone. Um, so I guess, yeah, we need the population to be able to, to move forward um, and to be, you know, to, be, to be able to maintain it. What are they selling off? Um, like land, um, a lot of companies. We don't, we don't own Vegemite or Qantas or um, like Tui's, the beer company. Like you know, a lot of Australian industries are holding as well. Like mm. we just, you know, we do so well and then we just sell out. Um, so. Is that, say, like when you're talking about companies, there's a privately owned companies that have been established in Australia for yes. fucking yeah. 50 years, yeah, yeah, 60 correct. years, yep. something like that. Yep. And then you reckon they just get to a point where the people that are on the top or shareholders or whatever, they're like, oh, this American company or this Chinese company or whatever, they're going to offer us fucking $5 billion. Should we just take it, take the money and run? Definitely. Right? Definitely. That's it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But it's kind of a little bit more suspicious when it's with the fucking lands, though. Yeah, right? I, I think I think China owns about 13% of Australian landmass. 13%. Yeah. That's like... It's a lot. That's a lot, man. Yeah. And it's a, most of it's all like uh, like farming and like cattle, like ranges. And what are they doing with that land, bro? Uh, they're using it for farming and then just sending everything back uh, to China. So they're just sort of cutting us out, uh, so to speak. Dude, that's a brilliant strategy for them. A mm. terrible plan yeah, for yeah. Australia. It's horrible. Horrible. So we're, like we're, we're then like leasing out ports uh, to them. Um, so like, yeah, we're just... I don't know what's going on. What what year do you think China take over the world? <laughs> what year do you think China become the dominant superpower? Um, well, I think economically they they hit it uh, last year. I think it was, mm-hmm. but oh, I don't know. It's definitely soon. Whenever they take Taiwan, I think that's going to kick it off. To be honest, dude, are you following what's happening in fucking Ukraine at the moment? Uh, a little bit. I, I'm on. Ho- I'm in complete holiday mode at the moment, so I just yeah. like, I haven't been like checking much news. Um, but I've been getting a couple of like updates, uh, but yeah, that's, that's a bit scary. Isn't that scary? Yeah. And first um, of all, I'm, I'm glad that you're not following the news because you're on holiday mode. Yeah. Like, fuck the news. You just don't need that shit in your life. No, man. no. Just positive vibes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because you, you know, the whole, like, if it bleeds, it leads thing is like, it, I think it causes people so much unnecessary anxiety. Yeah. Focusing on things outside of their life and outside of their control. Definitely. But, um, <laughs> but it, it does look like yeah. there's like some, you know, Russia, man, they're like, they don't give a fuck, bro. No, they're not, they're not going to listen. No. Nah. Like, you can tell them as many times as you, you want, but that if they, if they've got a plan, they're going to do it. Yeah, dude. And it looks like they got a ton of soldiers. Yeah, just... it was a hundred thousand they put on the border there. Yeah, man. And I think they're doing some uh, like uh, training exercises. Um, ha- uh, air quotes, training yeah. exercises. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I think there was uh, near Ireland, so they got some ships out that way as well. So, yeah, oh, they've yeah. got ships by Ireland. Yeah, man. they'll never take the Irish, mate. No, no, they can have as many fucking <laughs> soldiers there and many training exercises. You got a bunch of Irish. You're not Irish, cunts like they're gonna fucking put on some Conor McGregor highlight Shut reel. <laughs> Go out, come on, we're not here to take over. Come on, you cunts. Holy shit. Yeah, man. They, they, you do whatever you want, bro. You're never taking islands, man. Yeah, that's no, what, definitely not. You're not taking you, not. You're going to take Ukraine. Yeah. You're going to take Norway. Yeah. You're going to take Sweden. 
but you will never take Ireland. <laughs> You'll never take Ireland, bro. Just send Conor McGregor out. He's yeah, fine. He's going to yeah. take care of the whole Russian commanders. Yeah. Just give everyone his whiskey and then they'll be just ready to brawl. Man, have you seen... Yeah. Have you have you seen this... Um, there's a Norwegian show called Occupert. It means occupied. Occupied. No, I don't, I don't think I have. Bro, when you have time, whatever. If you want to watch some fucking good Norwegian suspense drama, there's a show... I haven't seen all of it, but there's a show called occupied occupied and the 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 fundamentals of the show is um uh a a green government take over norway and they want to stop oil production because it's bad for the environment and then russia they're not very happy with that decision and then they fucking come and take over oh really yeah isn't that kind yeah, of interesting? It is. It's yeah. Like they, they knew what was happening. Who, who directed this? Dude, it's a like, fucking Joe Nespo. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's probably hiding out somewhere now because he's like, oh. he's, he's working for Russia. Yeah, I think so. He's just sending them ideas. Yeah. But you know, there's a Tom Clancy book. You know Tom Clancy? Yeah, yeah. There's a Tom Clancy book where they he writes of a terror plot where they crash a plane into the White House. And then, um, I can't remember what it's called, but they crash a plane into the White House and then Jack Ryan, you know, the main protagonist, he ends up, everybody in the cabinet's dead. It's like the president's dead. They're all, they've got taken out. And then he ends up becoming the, the president of America. And then you fast forward like five years or whatever it was. I think the book came out in like the early 90s, mid 90s. Bam, Twin Towers. You're right. Dude, don't you think that everything that anybody can think of has already happened or will eventually happen yeah i i think so right yeah think of something oh i don't know whatever you think spot already happened bro (laughs) (laughs) okay how about this how how about this how about this sorry to put you on the spot but how about (laughs) this how about this um science fiction books science fiction movies how many science fiction movies that have come out that have fucking already happened yeah tons yeah heaps of shit you know what i mean like even just the way that we communicate with phones and stuff. Yeah, like the Simpsons, how they've been uh, telling the future for years. Yeah, yeah, perfect example. Yeah, yeah, they're like they they know what's up, right? Yeah. But you know, you've heard that expression: life imitates art. Mm. Mm-hmm. I I I think that's true, man. I think people go, huh? Wouldn't that be interesting? Maybe I should do that. That's a good idea. We're just putting ideas into people's heads. Yeah, yeah. I, it's definitely like I, I've definitely thought about it once before. That we we do have like uh, so many like movies and there's you know, like TV shows and that it's like they like they just are preparing us in a way like you know uh, like same with like with the whole space like going to like you know going to Mars and there was a bunch of movies on that prior to it and it's just now that we see it and people are landing on the, like you know going to the moon and we're going back to the moon that yeah. Dude, how about um, uh, this? Is, this is a good one. Like asteroid disaster movies. <laughs> Have you seen Don't Look Up? Uh yeah, I watched it the other day. Actually, I liked it. I liked it too. I, I, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. But do you remember, like, I don't know, there was like a phase where Armageddon came out. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, around the same time, there was Deep Impact. Yes. Yep. And uh, we know that asteroids Everything, hit Earth, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like you have like near-miss events and like smaller asteroids. It feels like a movie like that is one of those ones that you're describing. Yep. It kind of prepares you yeah, for... Yeah, yeah. So when you hear about it, you're like, oh, it's just a meteorite. Yeah. 
Ah, yeah. No big deal. Yeah, that's fine. Just killed the dinosaurs. <laughs> you know, when the meteorite hit, it wiped out 80% of all life on the planet. 80% of everything. That's like, man, we're, we're the product of shit that survived. Yeah. <laughs> could you could you but thank god man yeah I'm there'd happy be to no be people here. yeah i know there'd be no people if the dinosaurs were here no definitely not we wouldn't be able to deal with the t-rexes dude are you kidding me you can't even deal with a crocodile <laughs> have you ever seen have you ever seen a crocodile in the wild um yeah i do i, I saw it in africa i've never seen one in australia but I yeah okay i saw one out when i was on safari Oh shit! Yeah, you went to Africa. Yeah, I went to Africa. I went to uh, West Africa. I went to Benin and Togo for New Year's, Christmas, and then we went out <clears throat> on a safari. Saw some lions and elephants. Man, I've never it even was, heard of the country Benin. Yeah, it's it's very um, underdeveloped. Not, not not a lot of tourists. We only saw one group of tourists, and that was when we were leaving for yeah. like the two weeks that we were there. Beautiful place. Shit. So, um, you, so just no no tourist infrastructure at all. So nah. it, was, it was real authentic. Yeah, okay. Did, was it like, uh, did you feel safe? Um, was it sketchy? It, at times, definitely. Um, yeah. It was a bit... We, we actually, where uh, we went to um, the safari was on the border of Burkina Faso. Is uh, that a country? Yeah, it's a, it's a country. And uh, I checked the Australian like trip of art, like, like the travel guide. And it was just all red. Don't travel there. Like terrorists... Um, you know, like that's just a no-go zone, and we'll literally go like went to the border. Like I put my foot over the border. Oh shit! Yeah, uh, <clears throat> begin a fuss, and like you could hear gunshots going off, and like there was a lot of poachers coming in. So, yeah, it was a bit, Dude. A bit hairy. Yeah, I understand. I feel like those Australian travel warnings, though. You're just like, just relax, guys. <laughs> Calm down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I know they had like a travel warning: don't come to Norway. Red Corona. Ah, don't go there. Yep. You know, I was in Africa in about 2016, 27, 2016, I think, maybe 2015. We, uh, uh, we went to Kenya. We did like a Snapchat travel show. Oh, wow. Yeah, me and this girl called Anina. She used to work here. Great, oh, cool. great girl. Great girl. Yep. And we went there and we made a, a travel show on Snapchat. This is when Snapchat was pretty new. And the idea was we would just document the trip and upload it to the stories and then we would give people suggestions of things that we should do. And one of the suggestions, we went to this um, bus terminal and there were buses going in two different places. And then we go, where should we go? This place or this place? And everybody said, go to this place. And then we went to that place and then like we had no internet connection for ages. And then we checked Snapchat again and then everybody was warning us about a terror attack that had happened like just a couple of hours north of that place. Yeah, I know. Wow. But yeah, exactly. It was I'm like, what? Well, it was like, you shouldn't have gone there. Don't go there. Be careful. So we just kind of like laid low. Yeah. And oh, man. Did you recall the name of the place? We went to a place called uh, Khalifi. Okay. Khalifi. So it was uh, a little bit north of where we were because uh, on the border, the northern border of Kenya, I think there's, uh, it might be Somalia or one of these countries where there was a lot of conflict and there was a terror group, I don't know what they're called, Ubak Kusan or something like that. And they had just um, uh, attacked a university and like taken out like fucking 70 people. 
you know how they do it in Africa sometimes, man? They just fucking storm a place and then they just like, it's a hotel or a mall or whatever. So they took out a bunch of people at this university. And then like Kenya became on lockdown because I think they targeted Kenyan students. And then their whole goal was to cripple Kenya's tourist economy. Oh, wow. Yeah, because Kenya didn't support them or something like that. So then for the rest of our trip there, every place that we went to that was tourist-based was like red flag, don't go. And they had like military there and they had like a cops. It would have been quite uneasy. You You realize when you're far away from home and uh, you all of a sudden become a high-value target for a political agenda based on terror, that you're vulnerable. So it was like, and I was with this girl. So you got a girl, you know, you make the video, you chop the head off, whatever you end up doing, it's gonna, that shit's gonna fucking go viral, bro. Yeah. It's gonna spread like AIDS. So it's like, <laughs> it's, so we, we had to be careful. We had to be careful. Yeah. So we just laid low, bro. We went to this, like, we stayed at this, like, kind of like hippie backpack, backpack place. Yeah. Just got some weed, just fucking yeah. chilled out. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was dope, man. Yeah, yeah. But I wanna go back to Africa. Yeah, so do I. I, re- I really want to go back. It's yeah. a beautiful place. People are lovely. Mm. It's different. Was it? A, was some of the people annoying? Were they like? Did you get f- bothered every time you went out because people are trying to fucking sell you shells or no, something? No, that's what I, I think I loved about it the most was because there wasn't much tourist like infrastructure there. They're not used to like living off tourists, um, so they weren't like, like, oh, come into my shop or like, boss, boss, boss. Like mm. when you go into Indonesia and when you go to Bali, it's just looky, looky. Uh, yeah, but yeah, they, it was it was just super nice. Everyone was friendly. Um, they all spoke French. Ah, so, ouais, yeah. ouais. Du yeah. parlez-vous yeah. français, Jason? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, we. Um, <laughs> so, but we actually went uh, where we stayed. We went to the voodoo capital of the world. Ooh. So they had like a voodoo market and like yeah. Did you get a voodoo doll made up no. of your enemy? No, I didn't actually. Oh shit! Yeah. Did you sure. get? Let's no, go I've got back. no enemies, mate. Huh? I've got no enemies. No enemies? No. What about people that you play online with, man? No, they're all cool. Huh? Call of, Call of Duty? Some 15-year-old kid calls you a pussy? Just get out the voodoo doll? Just fucking break these fingers. How about that? Let's go back. We're yeah, getting voodoo dolls, man. Yeah, okay, definitely. All right, cool. But you don't have any enemies because you're a fucking legend. Yeah, I don't know. Did, did people like... Uh, what's your experience through life? My experience through life? Yeah, man. What's your experience through life? Why do you... Why do some people have enemies? And you don't have enemies. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Just try not to hold grudges, I guess. Like water under the bridge, so to speak. Like it just, I, I, I feel like it just, it's a waste of space to hold that energy against someone. So yeah, just no worries, I guess. What about if they call you a fucking pussy? That's their, that's their thoughts. I know I'm not a pussy. What if they call you a little bitch? <laughs> How about that? Are they your enemies then? I I think I'm starting to get an enemy now. (laughs) Don't push it. Oh, shit. Because you know what, man? Like, we've been friends for years. And I'm a huge Jason fan. And I love you very much. And um, I can tell and I know that we're like a similar vibe and you're very easygoing. And you you do what you say you're going to do and you say what you, all that sort of shit. And I can see why you don't have any enemies because you're awesome. Do people ever try to take advantage of your good nature? 
Um, yeah, I definitely. I, I've been wary of that. I know sometimes I'm a, I'm a yes man. Uh, I'm always about like the positives out of the negatives. So you know, if someone is sort of you know negative towards me, or if I have a negative experience, I'll I'll always tend to lean on the the positives out of the negative. So I guess I I've been able to you know live and forget in certain ways. So yeah. So but I like going through the army that helped me a lot. Um, just getting a bit more like you know confidence in myself and. And just being a bit stern and like I know what I like how I want to be treated so mm. yeah, I just yeah I don't let people sort of push over me what I yeah is there a difference in you as a person before the army and after the army um I, I, I definitely I feel myself change a little bit I definitely grew as a as a, a, a like a man in a way um, I, I joined when I was 21 I uh, left when I was yeah 25 um so a lot, lot, a lot of like independence um and just um yeah uh just uh, that um so like uh, just the confidence in myself so. you know i wanted to join the army yeah but they said i was too dangerous oh that's <laughs> cat that's it they said bro no you no man we can't you'll start like some fucking international threat situation size i, I walked away bro yeah i said no <laughs> no, I actually I I thought about joining the army because yep. my my father was yeah, yeah I recall I was just about to say I think you, you said your dad was in yeah uh, he he was in the New Zealand SAS yeah cool yeah so he had like a uh, you know like a military history which taught him a lot of skills which he later on benefited from life and uh, but he also had PTSD yeah like I, 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 and I think it contributed to. You know how short his life was in the end like he died at 57 of a heart attack and he had uh you know he had nightmares and he he lost it bro he was one of these guys that like if you fucking gave him the finger in traffic he would fucking chase that car down man we'd be in a we'd be like coming back from a fucking family event and somebody would call him a wog or something and he would fucking chase them down man get out of the car fucking yell at them and if it like you know he was yeah, down for, yeah. he just there was a switch that flicked in his head yeah. and he was like ready to murder so it had a positive effect on him but also the trauma of what he experienced had mm. a negative effect on him mm. and when i grew up i experienced both of these yeah. benefits and negatives and i thought about joining the army when i was in my teens and my dad really encouraged me not to do it. Yeah. He really said, no, no, no. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's something that he did because when he grew up in New Zealand, he was living in an abusive home and, you know, he got physically it was abused. A, an escape. It was, he used it yeah. as an escape. Yeah. And you know, I mean, this is like in the fucking 50s. Or the yeah. 60s. This is yeah. a long time ago. So he actually st- uh, forged his uh, parents' permission. Wow. And lied and said he was 18 when he was like 16 or something just to get out of there. Wow. S- exactly. And when, when, when I grew up, I grew up in a really nice environment, like a good home. So I didn't need to try to escape it. So I, I, I was like, you know what? I have a good situation here, but I can understand why my dad wanted to go. But it, it just, for me, in the end, and I, I, I tore my, my, I damaged my meniscus and tore my ACL. So I, I looked at like signing up. I was like, you know what, man, my knee is catching. I don't think they're going to take me. And I'm just, I don't think I'm cut out to be a soldier. Yeah. I think it's a very admirable profession and it takes a certain type of individual. 
to sign up to become a military person mm. but you had you did it yeah yeah it, it was always a dream like growing up i just remember playing armies all the time just loved it and for as long as i can remember i always wanted to join the army yeah um so yeah i did it as soon as, as soon as i could I also did my like uh, did my ACL meniscus, and it took me a while to get into the army. Oh, so you okay? Yeah, so I did that when I was thirteen, playing playing football. Yeah, and then I applied to leave. I even left school early to to leave, but then I got knocked back uh, because of my knee. But then I um yeah, so I ended up pushing for it and yeah, end up joining. So I didn't end up doing the the job role I wanted. I wanted to do infantry, so a combat role, but I wasn't allowed because of my knee. Mm. So so I did logistics. Okay, so when you did logistics, your what's your main I a, function? I was a petroleum operator, so I did all the fuel movement within Army. Mm -hmm. um, I was in the aviation section, so I did all the refueling of the rotary aircrafts, so the Blackhawks, Chinooks. So it was a pretty cool job. Loved yeah. It. Yeah. Okay. So you know how to fucking fuel up a yeah. Blackhawk? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Cool do you, experience. Do you? And for people that don't know, Jason is a filmmaker and he's a photographer amongst many, 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 many other talents. Do you have a military movie that you, you know, really love or enjoy? Ooh, yeah. Um, so I grew up, I, I'll never forget this, like uh, the Save It Private Ryan, oh, when that came out, um, it, it finally made it to the TV. And mm. I was hanging for this. I would have been about like seven years old. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I, I really wanted to watch it. My mom was like, no, it's too gruesome. You're not allowed to watch it. And then my brother, my older brother, he was like, I'll tape it for you. And I was Legend. like, oh, yeah, cool. Everyone went to bed. Pardon me. Everyone went to bed. And I went out to make sure that he was uh, recording it. And he didn't. So I just stayed up and just watched this movie on like plus two volume and just loved it and ever since then i just yeah that, that movie's always stood out to me so yeah dude that's a great movie it is it's a really good movie yeah did you cry at the end uh no but it, it was definitely it was emotional there's a lot of highs and lows on that one mm. yeah it's pretty pretty confronting as well mm. I, I did hear when uh they first released the film there was actually world war ii veterans who left the cinema because uh, it was just too too graphic and just too real yeah yeah man i saw that movie i'm about 10 years older than you or something like that so i, I saw that movie when i was 18 at uh, at the cinema with yep. my girlfriend oh, wow. yeah this girl this is my ex-girlfriend great girl great girl and we went to the movie together and i fucking bawled my eyes out of yeah. the hands oh my god so many tears bro it was so powerful it was you know when you understand like how many brothers and what the you know the tom hanks character yeah. sacrificed in the end and what they did to prevent you know the german invasion of mm. that one town around that bridge and everything man there was a lot of fucking heroes in world war ii oh there was yeah Fuck, bro. There was. There's a lot of people that, you know, you look at the story of Gallipoli. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah that was a, a very full on. Uh, yeah. They didn't make it far. Mm -hmm. And all that for well, almost two years, I think. Yeah. And then they just retreated. Yeah. Yeah. Just blowing, blowing whistles. Yeah. Running. So, they, but, you know, if, if people don't know the story or the, the history of Gallipoli, basically Australian soldiers were massacred yeah and and that, well, that's when um the the name like anzacs came from mm. australian and new zealand army corps yeah so it was australian new zealand and some english 
uh, mm. forces. Um, yeah, uh, try to land on a beach, um, but they landed on the wrong beach and it was just cliff faces and they literally rode on little rowing boats and just, yeah, uh, they took they took the beach uh, and then they just fought trench warfare for almost two years. Mm. Um, just couldn't get anywhere and yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh it's pretty fucking it's pretty tragic, man. Because you know you look at how old a lot of those guys were, and they're younger than us. They're, you know, 18, 19, mm. 20, 20 year old guys, and they're on the other side of the planet, mate. They're in Australia, yep. and then all of us. Could you imagine, bro? You all of a sudden, you know, you get on some fucking plane, and then you get to some foreign country, you get to some fucking impossible cliff face, and then and go yeah and go first and time in combat as well there was like no combat experience at all that was one of the first i guess wars that australia fought in it's yeah in new zealand as well so yeah i feel like australia get themselves involved in a lot of fucking wars though man yeah yeah they do you know uh after after world war ii which you know i would say is a necessary war to mm -hmm. prevent the spread of evil yes you know japanese germans mm -hmm. nazis Fuck them. Yeah. You have to do it. Mm -hmm. If not, you're speaking German or Japanese. You know, we're fucked. That's yep. a, think about how crazy that time was. There was literally a war where the whole world was involved. And if we lost that war, then evil would have taken over. Yeah. Yep. Dude, isn't that like some fucking epic... And it wasn't that long ago. <sighs> it's still less than a, like, what, 80 years ago, I think it was. It's our grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't that long ago. No. You know, my grandmother met my grandfather as a result of the war. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Isn't it? Yeah. So he was a merchant uh, Navy guy. Ooh. So he was like, I guess, yeah, yeah. transporting logistics and supplies and shit like that. And he got his arm, his left arm, cut below the elbow on an anchor. I think there was an anchor malfunction. Wow. And he had to try to fix it on a massive boat. And then the anchor fell or retracted and just ripped his arm apart just exactly just crushed his arm and they had to amputate it and then he ended up going to a hospital in london where my grandma started working at when she was like 15 or 16. wow yeah exactly so you know like um in that time they just needed people to help with the bombing of London, yeah. nurses, with all these soldiers all that are coming, deck. all hands on deck. Everybody's on deck. So she was just like some fucking 15, 16 year old chick or whatever she was like, oh, you're a nurse, you're a soldier, you're a nurse, you're a soldier and learn on the job. Yeah. So she just got fucking thrown into it, man. Yeah. I, I, I spoke to her like a little bit about like the experience and how it was for her and things like that. And she just said that they, you know, they just, you know, they, like you said, all hands on deck. She just had to turn up, figure it out, and just hold people's hands, patch things up, limited resources, yep. do what they had to do. Anyway, one day my granddad is there, and she's his nurse. And then you know, granddad was a bit of a charming fellow, yeah, Irish. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Exactly. Yeah, a, bit a, bit, a bit of charm, and yeah. then you know they hit it off. And then he got better, and then I think the war ended. Yeah. And then a couple of years later, they're like, you know what? Europe is fucked. Let's get out of here. And there was, at that time, there was a mass exodus from Europe. Mm. Yeah. You know, and so they had a list of places that they could try to sign up for. So they put themselves down for, I think Canada was the first option. And then South Africa, 
and then Australia. And then they got permission to go to Australia. And they're like, fuck it, let's go. Wow. Anywhere else. What a beautiful story. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said to my grandma, I go, grandma, wasn't there a policy about like dating people at the hospital? She's like, at that time, you just needed a man. There wasn't that many of them. So I chose your grandfather. That's lovely. Yeah, it's pretty nice, man. And you know, like when they went to Australia, it must have been like in the late 40s, early 50s, something like that. Completely different. Yeah, it would have been. Right. Completely new country. Oh, yeah. Not the Australia that we know today. And my granddad was a builder, so he kind of uh, was responsible for developing a lot of the northern beaches in Sydney. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. So he built a lot of people's homes and apartment buildings and things like that. And there's a lot of photos of that area, you know, north of Manly, uh, Palm Beach, Newport, Avalon, great surf spots, by the way, where it's just like there's nothing there, man. (laughs) It's just like there's nothing, you know, just a few houses along a road and then just hills with trees everywhere. dirt road as well. Yeah, exactly. Dirt roads, bro. Shit. Hey, uh, how was your trip to... Where'd you go recently? Uh, I just got back from the Arctic up, up into Lufoten. It's my first time up there. Uh, so I just envisioned and I manifested just the most beautiful um, northern lights photos and beautiful sunsets on like with the mountains and, you know, beautiful drone footage. And I, I hop on the on the train in the morning to go up to to the airport, and I'm I'm sitting there, and then on the Norwegian news, it was like massive storm about to hit Lufthansa Islands, Guider, and then I was like, oh, and then my girl's like, oh, you you need to stay in Narvik, and I had to drive um, about like five hours to meet up with this other Aussie dude, and I get there and. I had to get like extra insurance on the car because there was um, like landslides, 130 plus kilometer winds, rain, uh, everything was melting. So yeah, I just hopped in the car and I was like, oh, I've got to get there. And uh, it was <laughs> it was the most hectic, wildest experience I've ever had. Like I'm driving and I'm like, wow, this is just so beautiful. And then I'm like, oh, potential death because I just hit ice and I'm just sliding around. Like, I'm in snow blizzards, can't even see more like than my bonnet. And the, it, it was so cool. Loved it. Um, only got a 10-minute window from the four nights I was up there to take photos of the lights. So I got a couple of photos. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, all the other time, it was just rain and hail winds there was trucks getting blown over on the bridges and bridges were getting shut down i was in like in the i was in the car at one point for like 13 hours just because the weather was just so hectic and i had to just stop and just couldn't go anywhere holy shit yeah so you're pretty adventurous for making that decision yeah, no, I, it was, it's a story. Now, look, I'm sitting here talking about it on a podcast. Dude, <laughs> on a fucking, on yeah. the Idiot James podcast, yeah, episode three. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay, but you you um, you um went surfing too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a cool experience. Easily one of the best days of my life. Um, because uh, three months prior to that, I actually fractured my neck, uh, my C7, out in the surf in Australia. Uh, so it was my first time back on the board. Um, so I was a little nervous, but it was it was such a great place to be able to you know, get back on the board. And so, yeah, beautiful it was. You've told me about what happened to your neck, but uh, it was a pretty significant injury. Yeah, yeah. It was a, yeah, it was a massive point in my life, actually. Um, so uh, 
we just got out of three and a bit months of lockdown. So like no work, just staying at home. Um, it was the first Friday, uh, went out. Uh, I took the bodyboard out because it was a little bit heavy. It was just on a sandbank there and I thought it would be a bit safer than on the stand-up. Uh, when I took off my first wave on the set, uh, went to pull into the barrel um, and the lip. I just cooked it and the, the lip of the wave smacked me in the back of the neck. Um, heard a snap. Uh, then it just had this radiating pain going uh, across my shoulder blade to my elbow to my fingers um, then I lost feeling on my right arm when I was underwater and I'll, I'll never forget like there was a point there I was like do I just sink or like do I you know continue like I, I knew that I, I injured my neck and you know so but I just yeah got up um, and I was surfing by myself so yeah made it made it to shore was able to walk up uh, to one of the lifeguard towers and yeah, they caught an ambulance and in and out of hospital for a few days and yeah, uh, in a neck brace for six weeks. I had Mum had to like shave me and uh, feed me. Like it was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty tough experience. Because you had a, you broke your neck. Yes, correct. Yeah. So that's a pretty traumatic injury. Yeah. And you broke your neck in the ocean. Yeah. Where there's waves pumping down you're underwater yep. and you're critically injured. Yep. Well, I, I don't know if you say critically, but you're si- significantly injured. Um, so then you go through this recovery phase, which was a couple of months, three months. Um, so it was six weeks in a brace, oh. uh, three months until it was like fully healed and I could get back surfing and like, yeah, like sort of have normality, I guess. And sh- I shouldn't have to worry too much about it now, hopefully. Okay. And then you come to Norway and then you drive through a fucking blizzard and you get to a beach, which is a beautiful beach. Yeah. And then you go surfing for the first time after breaking your neck. How was the first wave? Uh, I, I, indescribable, actually. Okay. Um, like just before I just look up and I just see all these like ice capped mountains and just snow everywhere. Snow's hit me in the face because we're, we're still in the middle of this blizzard. <laughs> it's freezing. It's like, I think the water temperature is like four degrees or something. Oh um, and then I just like paddle for this wave and we hired boards and they were just wet logs. There was just no grip. And I just, I fell off and I just, I was just so happy. Like even though I didn't even get like my first proper wave, but just that, that experience in itself, which is so beautiful. Mm. Um, but then I, I ended up getting a nice left and yeah, just the joy, just that, just that feel like the energy from the wave. Like it's, it's the best feeling in the world surfing. So being able to like, get back on the board and to experience that again, like, yeah, very grateful. Mm. Yeah. 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 I guess that, that experience in, in a hole from, you know, break my neck and just got a lot of, a lot more patience, I guess, for life as well. Mm. I sit in traffic and I, I'm still happy. I could be laying in bed. Yeah. You know, so you kind of got a new lease on life. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You always hear about people saying like when big injuries happen and oh, now my whole life's changed and I always thought about it, but I never thought it would happen to me, but it, it did. And yeah, so I'm definitely got a new lease on life and very grateful to be alive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what are you going to do with your new life, bro? Oh, you got any fucking second chance? Oh, I just made the most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Life's too short. Yeah. How do you like, uh, what are some of the values or thing or commodities in life that you want to experience more of or 
you know, embrace, to, you know, take advantage of the gift of recovery that you've received? Um, I, I guess it's more just um, like enjoying the little things and just not taking anything for granted. Um, definitely like with time as well, that that's just made me realize that the importance of time um, and that we don't actually have a lot of it. Um, and definitely uh, through that time, I had a, a lot of like family and uh, like friend support as well. And just being grateful uh, for, for friendships and for friends and just making sure you tell people that you love them. You know, getting a bit sentimental here, but, you know, it's, um, yeah, just just not taking anything for granted, really. Mm. It's easy to do, eh? Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. So, you caught up. Yeah. Did you feel like before the injury that you were kind of sliding into a taking things for granted phase, maybe? or? Um. Like I, I've always loved, like, you know, I've always tried to like appreciate the little things. Um, but I definitely, I definitely didn't realize that how short life is or like just the, the time frame that we have and utilizing a full 24 hours in a day, you know, uh, waking up and, or even like saying that, oh, I'm going to do this or, and then just, it never gets done. But now I'm just like, I said, I'm going to do it. I'm doing it mm. like this. So does that mean that you have, um, I don't know, like some renewed plans or vision for things that you want to accomplish? Um, I've like no, I've, I've still got plans, um, and I'm still going to pursue those plans, like goals. I've always, like I always set myself goals and I always achieve them and always strive to do those. Um, but I guess it's more the in between the goals that I'm going to focus on and to appreciate apart from getting to the goal if that, if that makes any sense yeah. yeah well that's most of the yeah. time yeah 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 just all like yeah Every, just everything just yeah. enjoy it yeah you know i have uh, i bought this coin like about four or five years ago and it says uh memento mori and it has a picture of a skull on it and then on the other side it says the english translation of like one day you two will die or something like that and remember you will die or something like that. I mean, I have that coin with me. Like I forget it a bunch of times, but I used to always put it in my pocket and just always hold it because it was just like a good like reminder of don't waste this day, don't waste mm -hmm. this week, don't waste this second. Like be careful with what you give your attention to. Make sure that you tell the people that you love that you love them. And, uh, you know, like what you suggested as well, like what you said, it's like the, the downtime and the bit between the goals, it's just what you do in everyday life makes up so much of your waking experience that you want to make sure that you're spending that in a way that you're happy with. Yeah. And, you know, I'm very grateful. I have a beautiful girlfriend who we, I, I live together with her and, um, we, you know, we do everyday things that I normally do by myself that now we do together. So these are things like uh, strength training, uh, fucking yoga, mm. uh, even jujitsu. And these are part of like my weekly routine, things that I just do, but they take hours per week. You know, I'm at the gym like five hours per week. Maybe it's 10 hours when you include changing and hanging out and talking and driving there and back. So let's say it's 10 hours per week, 12 hours sometimes. Well, now that's 12 hours that I'm spending with her as well. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like uh, taking full advantage of the everyday moments yeah. with people that you love, exactly. doing things yeah. that you really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's well said, man. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you think you need to have a traumatic experience to have that realization? No, I don't think so. Um, I, I think people just know um, and that I, it, for me, like I've always been aware of it. Um, but I guess that that experience definitely like kickstarted it more so or just put a lot more things into perspective. Hmm. Um, but no, I don't think people need to have it. Um, but I guess I, I know everyone realizes it, but it's just the, the matter of they, how much attention they, they put on it. Um, and pe- people busy, you know, it's easy. Like I was like that, you know. So just scroll on Instagram and just waste hours. So I just got rid of that. Like the the apps during that time. Mm. I do use Instagram for for my work now. But like it's it's just so easy to, to get caught up in life. Um and and to forget that, you know, and that all those little things are a bit meaningless. You know. Super meaningless. I had the realization like a few years ago that I have to be very careful with taking in too much influence from random outside sources. And like you said, like just mindlessly scrolling Instagram and getting sucked into what other people are creating and just shoving into my attention. And if I'm in the mood, if I'm in the mode of just constantly receiving other people's messages or other people's content or perspectives then it can really drown out my views on things definitely it can really drown out like my my focus it can really drown out what i should be spending my time accomplishing or achieving and things like that but it's a very difficult trap to navigate yeah yeah. you know so you deleted facebook from your phone yeah, so I, I deleted uh, like the Facebook and Instagram app uh, like during the, the lockdown period and with my neck. Mm. Um, I got it back before my travels just because I was going to be a bit, you know, I'm going to be traveling, post some photos, you know. Yeah. Um, and you use it to communicate with people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I invited you onto this podcast via Instagram. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be here because of that. So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, positives and negatives, right? Yeah, no, definitely. It's a great way to connect and especially with like family back home, like I'm using Facebook Messenger to be able to, you know, give them a call and let them know that I'm safe. So yeah, like uh, there's so many positives within it, um, especially like with my work as well, just getting my photos out there and um, getting that exposure. So it's a very useful tool, mm. but also you just need to find that that balance with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just don't want to uh, get too distracted. No. Nah. Don't, don't you think we're, as a society, going to tip over that balance? Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. We're, we're, we're on the verge. Aren't we? Moment. Yeah. And, you know, you hear all this like uh, metaverse mm. plays from yeah. Facebook. Yeah. You know, Facebook, you probably know this, but Facebook, maybe it was in like 2015, 2016, they acquired Oculus Rift. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have an Oculus. You have an Oculus. Yeah, you have the Quest? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the second one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You got yeah, the Quest yeah. too? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I have not used that. Mm-hmm. But from what I understand, it is a virtual reality headset that you don't need to plug into a computer. Correct. Yeah. And then you can access games and experiences. Yeah. Essentially, They're... just off your phone. Off your phone. Yeah, yeah. It's connected through the phone. 
Ah, oh, shit. And you, so you, you can play like a, a bunch of games and uh, how, how is it? Is it good? Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you in. So I used to be so against it. Hmm. Like VR, uh, like I would refuse to, to, to look at it because I know what it's like. It's going to be so like, I, I just, I know what it is. Like it, you, you're going to just get sucked into it and it's going to be great. And it is going to be a completely different reality and you are going to lose grip in a way that it is going to be more, um, you know, like you prefer to be in that world than the outside world to an extent. So I was, yeah, always against it. Uh, and my, my cousin, he was like, oh, should like give it a go. Have you ever tried it? And I, as soon as I tried it, I was just like, like, this, <laughs> like I was throwing like paper airplanes and like, like it was just the most wildest experience. And like, I was just, I like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Uh, like, yeah. It, so you fucking love it. Yeah, that's what, but I have, the funny thing is that I got it and I played some virtual golf with my cousin because yeah. he has one as well and like Gladiator and I was like using the Gladiator and I was like fighting lions and stuff. So <laughs> so you can link up with other players. Yeah, yeah. Like we were just hanging out like in this golf club and like you put your own music on and like we're just like, like Damn. the driving range and then we played pop part and... So you're so he's obviously somewhere. Yeah, he, he's he, not. He was in Queensland, and I was in New South Wales, and we just like linked up. We can chat, and it's we're just hanging out. Okay, because that's yeah. that's the future. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I guess like the metaverse, it's Facebook gonna play, it's it's going to be that. Yeah. It's going to be people connecting to uh, an Oculus or yeah. a VR headset just with their phones. Mm -hmm. You don't need to plug into a fucking computer, no alien hardware or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And you're just going to hang out in a game or in a metaverse or something, yeah. what, what, what the fuck you want? Yeah. It, it, it was honestly like when I first tried it and I just did like the, um, like the starting, it's not like just the learning, learning how to, the tutorial, I guess, how, how the VR works. Mm. Um, I was just like, we're, we're in a simulation. Like I'm in a simulation in a simulation. Like if, if you can create that, like it just blew my mind on like how, how real it is really yeah it's real yeah like you feel it, like, like you're like, fucking yeah, hanging yeah. out in that golf club or whatever yeah yeah like obviously like there's some like like uh the visuals are like amazing at this point but given over like 10 years and what they're doing now like these days like it's gonna it's gonna be like i i think people are gonna struggle with what's real and what's not real eventually right that, that i there's gonna be a point that we're gonna be walking down the street and there's just gonna be hardly anyone out in the real world because everyone's just going to be on their screens like or in their vr headsets at home and it's going to be awesome <laughs> no, i mean oh yeah it's going to be awesome for the people outside because it's going to be less people out on the streets no traffic they, bro exactly, everyone's going to be surfing in the vr headsets and i'll be surfing in the real ocean you're gonna fucking just barrels just for you yeah. jason let's crack another beer bro yeah um it's uh it's it's something like what you oh cheers buddy what you basically just described is the the i guess like the embrace of the matrix right yeah is, are, are you fucking describing the matrix no well, well i think the matrix is <laughs> Is uh is YouTube, okay? On a on a smaller scale. Yep. I mean, when you think about it, you can just literally put into YouTube 
how to make a podcast. Mm. And you sit there and some are like 10 minutes long, some are 20. Like it all depends on how much detail you want to go into. But what the the matrix is, well, they just get plugged in to learn jujitsu. But it's just so quick that if, if we can speed that up, then essentially we're, that is the matrix. Okay, so let's combine what you just said there with the neural link. Oy. Are we, are we yeah, onto something yeah, here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you get the neural link implanted. Mm-hmm. You download a jiu-jitsu software pack, yep. and all of a sudden, you just have that knowledge. Yeah, you're black belt. Fuck, oh my God. Instant. Bro. Instant. I'm just still a purple belt. <laughs> I'm going to get my ass kicked by some fucking newbie with a Neuralink. <laughs> that'll be me. Yeah, that'll be yeah, you. Yeah. Some people that can afford it, they're like, you know what? We're early Neuralink adopters. Let's roll, bro. And get fucking strangled. Yeah. But could you imagine doing that? Because I think that's going to happen. Yeah, one day. One day. And okay, oh, where, where are you going to? Oh, you're going to fucking somewhere in Africa. You want to just download that language pack? Oh, sweet. Cool. Now you're just all of a sudden fluent in whatever the fuck they're speaking down there. Wow. Isn't that kind of a thing? Yeah. Or do you think it's sort of like people aren't going to even want to go to Africa because they're so busy in the fucking African metaverse? Probably both. Um. Because I've had this topic like come up a bit mm. since I've been here actually uh, with a few friends about um, talking about the metaverse and like what it is. Some people don't know what it is. Some people are like, they're keen to buy property in there. Like they, they understand it. I guess it's all about understanding what it is and the potential that it has. And I had a mate and he brought up a good point that he thinks eventually that VR will be a lot more affordable for uh, just the general uh, everyday person and that the real world activities are going to be more expensive so the rich will be more outside than inside the vr so there will be a bit of a a disconnect from that so yeah that that got me thinking a bit that's a good point and the world is only making more poorer people yeah yeah exactly so richer getting richer poorer getting poorer yeah they are and there's the middle class are getting poorer and and when you think about it like Mark Zuckerberg, Mark, the Facebook founder. Mm. I'm sure he doesn't sit there on Facebook scrolling for hours. Of I'm sure, I, like, I don't even reckon he has the app. No, like, like, but everyone else does. It's yeah. just feeding it on there. Like, yeah, he's not wasting his life. He's no, out there no. building something worth a fucking trillion dollars. Exactly. Yeah, everyone else is wasting. Dude, I got a. Can I get a snooze? Yeah. And I'm gonna jack another snooze off. Yeah. I have a. I have a business idea. Talk to me. Yeah. Metaverse business idea. Okay. Several of them. Yeah. Yeah, Several of them. Uh, Thank you for the snooze. Yeah. Okay. So what are the two things that are certain in life? Uh, Was it taxes and death? Bam. Taxes and death. Exactly. We have a problem in the modern world where there's not enough space to bury the dead. Yeah. All right, it's a huge issue, mm-hmm. and they're cremating people more and more, and cities and the graveyards, yeah. they're all getting full up. And I think in, in China, they're uh, burying them vertically. Okay, burying them, them vertically. In, just slotting them in there. That's it. Currently, there's 7 billion people, or whatever the fuck it is on Earth. In 100 years, there's going to be all those 7 billion people are going to be dead. There's not going to be 7 billion more graves every 30, 40, 50 years, or whatever the fuck it is. My idea, metaverse play, we make a metaverse graveyard where you buy land for you and your family 
to be buried digitally in the metaverse. I like it. I like it too. And when you think about, say, for example, um, if you're... The, the world is more globalized. You know, you're in Norway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, family in different countries, things like that. Uh, maybe you want to, on a day like the anniversary of the death of somebody that you care about, um, you want to have a meetup with people that can honor the uh, person that's died. Maybe it's a Christmas, New Year's Eve, or birthday, birthday things yeah. like that. You can use your VR headset. You can meet them in the metaverse graveyard. You can, you know, pay your respects. You can all meet up there. You can tell stories. You can honor that person. You can pay your respects. You can... Uh, maybe give them like an NFT flower. You can, uh, you can, um, if you wanted to, whilst you're still alive, you could design your grave how you yeah. want it to look. You can buy a plot in a particular you can have messages you can as have, well. You can have yeah. messages. You, you can watch up, videos. You can have videos. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. So you can upload things uh, that are important for you. You know, one of the things that I I look at when I go to a graveyard, I'm fascinated by this. Yeah. I'm fascinated by what it stands on the tombstone. Mm. And usually it is around 40, 50, 60 words max. Yeah. Such a few amount of words. There's not a lot of, not a lot of space on that. There's no, sp- it's a it's a space issue yeah. because it's a physical thing and it does nowhere near sum up the experiences and the contribution yeah. that this person yeah. has created in their life. It's usually like name, birth date, death date, father to. That's it. Yeah. Like I, I really like this idea. So do I. So so what I, I've actually um, started to do is like uh, my nan, she's 89 this year. Uh, so a few years ago, I interviewed her. Oh, nice. And just like, you know, Asked about her childhood, um, her work, her life, travel, experiences, what she loved, what she didn't love. And so now I've got that and it's for me, but it's also to be able to show my kids and their kids. And I plan to slowly, uh, like my mum, my dad, my brother, I would like to do all my family. Um, but when you're now that you're talking about this metaverse and idea of it is to be able to have the footage that I've obtained to be able to put in there and then you do have that family section and that you can bring your kids, you can bring their kids and it's always going to be there and you can just go in into like a library essentially mm-hmm. uh, and just look at their lives. Yeah, exactly. Um, you, you could introduce that. I think so. that's a great suggestion and I think that's what you want to do yeah. because guess what? I don't know a fucking thing about my great-grandfather. On both sides, I never met them. I didn't meet my grandfather on my father's side. I never met my grandmother on my mother's side. You know, and I feel like these are people that are central to, you know, who I am because they, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. So, so, uh, you know, assuming humanity continues for, you know, generations, uh, why should we deny future generations what was denied to us? Why don't we provide them with Beautiful. a 
a digital place where they can experience what their ancestors had to contribute yep. to 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 them and you know who they were and yep. you can learn i think it's a kind of you know like a really kind of fascinating concept i yeah i uh, i'm scared about the metaverse because i know how great it's going to be yeah uh i just yeah like i i think it's going to be a very useful tool mm -hmm. going forward and the the definitely it needs to be more of a conversation about it because yeah if you don't know about it you're just gonna get left behind exactly so still early yeah super early yeah days. man i um have you seen ready player one yeah i have i actually i really like it spielberg movie i loved it it was the first movie I saw at the IMAX cinema in Norway. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Udion? Yeah. Yeah, where yeah, well, yeah. you and me saw uh, Ad Astra. Oh, that was a great night. Fucking yeah, yeah, yeah bro. Yeah. So it was the first movie that I saw that, and I took my daughter, who was oh, like eight yeah. at the time, yeah, or yeah. nine or something. Yeah. And I just got like, like, it was a real popcorn movie, man. Like it was just good and evil. But do you remember that corporation? Yeah. That controlled the metaverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had all of these people in the metaverse that worked for that corporation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they kind of went a little bit evil. Facebook. Exactly. Facebook. <laughs> I think we've got to be careful about shit like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. And as I was talking about earlier about like videos, like, you know, warning us or just, you know, like get it, get it, just being understanding, like, oh, it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's happening. Yeah, yeah, it is. But that's why I really like the idea of like a decentralized metaverse, mm -hmm. a, a metaverse where uh, people uh, use their voice to mm -hmm. make decisions collectively yep. instead of just a corporation like Facebook deciding how everything's going to be. Because I think that's going to end up kind of, you know, all the data that they're going to be farming and you know what I mean? It, it's a kind of dystopian future doing it yeah. that way. Like imagine trying to explain the metaverse to someone like a hundred years ago. Oh my 200 god! Years ago, like, oh, we're just um, gonna make a whole new world, but it's virtually like we're in our world, but then we're gonna have another world, new government system, economics, probably taxes. Mm. Yeah, everything. Like yeah. they're literally starting a whole another world. I I think it'd be very difficult for them to get it. No, you're going to put this headset on. It's going to connect to What's your a phone. Oh, oh, a phone is like this thing. Because people don't get it now. No. I mean, it's 2022. I tried to talk about the fucking metaverse to some people and they're just like, no, 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 it's not going to happen. I'm like, it's happening, bro. Like, it's a thing. You know, you, you see the, the, the cultural shift in people's understanding of digital assets like NFTs. Mm -hmm. A year ago, nobody knew what the fucking NFT yeah, was. Correct. I first heard about an NFT in 2021. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. And back then, nobody was even really talking about NFTs unless you were into crypto. Yeah. Now, it's still not mainstream, but right. the... There's a lot of exposure on it. A lot, yeah. bro. Yeah. And I think NFTs could be a gateway into people on roading to something like the metaverse. Yeah. You first of all you expose them to an idea called crypto. Oh, what's yeah. that? And then you expose them to an idea it's called stepping stones. Stepping stones, man. And you see this as well with play to earn gaming. Well, I, I don't think I've heard of that. You don't know play to earn gaming? No. Oh, bro, that's a fucking. Instead of just playing a game, you earn a currency through the way that you play that game. Wow. 
Yeah, exactly. So the biggest one at the moment is Axie Infinity. So people in the Philippines, it's kind of like a job. It's kind of expensive to get into it. Yep. You need to have a certain amount of these tokens and they're not cheap. And uh, you could like uh, have some tokens, have a character, not have time to play it, and then just let somebody in the Philippines play it and then you both split the money. Yeah. Wow. That's I've, yeah. I'd never heard of this, dude. I, I like the idea of that. I, I yeah, yeah. Wow. I know. Yeah. So once you start combining things like play to earn in the metaverse, mm -hmm. you're gonna have a ton of people that are gonna have jobs in the metaverse. Yeah. yeah. So let's say, for example, like the biggest metaverse at the moment, probably like the sandbox. That's where Snoop Dogg has his yeah, place, yeah, and Adidas yeah. are selling shit there, and yeah, Gucci, yeah, and yeah, there's an yeah. Atari casino. People, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, <laughs> but people are going to probably end up working in, let's say you have a uh, Adidas store in the metaverse and you'll end up probably having people that work in that metaverse as salespeople. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, definitely like a face, a face to it. It's, exactly. it's more authentic. Yeah. Apart from just going and clicking and collecting. Yeah. You're going to have that, that, that experience, that user experience. Customer service inside the metaverse. Yeah. It's a, that's a thing. Right. And you look at customer service now, like on, if you click on a website and you have a chat or you can- A bot. Yeah. A bot, right? Yeah. And sometimes it's a person. And when it's a person, it's like, you know, I, I ordered something from uh, L-Shop uh, Electronics yep. and I had a video call with the guy. Yeah. And, and he was like, hey, this is what we got and you want this and we have this mode as well. I thought it was super helpful. Yeah. And I'm sure he was working from home too. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. yeah. And so if you're going to go in the metaverse and spend a fucking, you know, a shit ton of Ethereum on a digital shoelace or whatever the fuck it is from the Adidas store, why why not talk to somebody about it? Yeah. Hey, so how's this and what do you think about that? And oh, this would look really good. Yeah. You know? So more and more people are gonna probably be having jobs, yeah. five, six, seven, eight hour shifts where they're plugging in the Oculus, the switching into the metaverse, and then off you go. Now the real question is probably gonna be, is Facebook gonna allow the Oculus to connect to decentralized metaverses? Ooh. Or will they just restrict it to their metaverse? Ooh. I think if they want to, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're going to try and buy Sandbox and Decentraland, to be honest. Yeah. Like, well, they... I they, don't think... Yeah, I guess they could. They just have to buy a shit ton of tokens. Yeah, because like... Yeah, I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a fun one because there is a few different um, VR headsets that you can get. I mm. think. I, I, again, I don't know. Too, I just bought this one. I think I've I played it like two times, as I was saying, with the golf. But um, I, I know like well, Facebook, they went and bought Instagram, you know, like they were just taking out the competition. Um, Bro, did you see that they took somebody's Instagram handle that was called Metaverse? just took it yeah they just took it so there was this chick who had a instagram account called the metaverse metaverse and uh, she it's people were like oh facebook just changed their name to metaverse you're gonna be rich they're gonna buy it and then somebody goes no no they're not gonna buy it they're gonna take it and then they just took it wow yeah you don't own your name man yeah you don't know yeah, nothing yeah. on instagram yeah. if, they, if they change their company to jason cartwright your account's yeah, gone, I bro. Think, I'm the original one on there, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first on there. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's sweet. So uh, I think you have to be careful about how things are going to move forward. 
and but I'm optimistic that we're moving in the direction of decentralization as well and a centralized company like Facebook they might try to limit uh, the Oculus only accessing mm. their metaverse but then there's additional headsets that people are going to try yeah. to build and create or sell that can access multiple metaverses yeah and how many metaverses there's going to be is probably going to be an infinite amount of metaverses. Yeah. They're probably going to be like websites. Yeah, definitely. Right? Definitely. And like, let's say we build this... Uh, and I'm, I'm sure there'll be like certain countries as well. Yeah. Like, you know, Norway will have their own. Australia will have their own. Oh my God. Could you imagine the Australian metaverse? It's <laughs> just can't. fucking Fuck filled with bogans, mate. <laughs> People trolling you. Hey, come here, dickhead. You know, when I'm doing comedy in Norway... I. I, the audience is so polite. Such a polite audience. You know, sometimes I do well and sometimes I do badly. And they just, you know, they're smiling and <laughs> they'll give you a polite laugh. In Australia, they're you're not funny, cunt. They would just throw glasses at you. Dude, they don't fuck around, no. man. My cousin has this story of when he started comedy, when he was like fucking 19 or 20 or something. He was super young. And he went to this club and he started performing comedy. And as soon as he opened his mouth, the crowd just weren't having any of it. They, everybody bombed. They're just like, fucking shut up. You're not funny. You're fucking dickhead. You're fucking, fa-. you know, all this fucking just nasty shit. And he said, oh, well, you guys might think that, but I have to do my full 15 minutes or I'm not getting paid. And he just cracked on, bro. 15 minutes. Yeah. Nobody listening. Yeah. People just yelling at him. Wow. Yeah. So I think good like. Good on him. Yeah. Good on him. Yeah. 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 Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. Bro. Yeah. Tough, but, but. but that's the Australian metaverse. Yeah, <laughs> man. My my friend, this fucking legend. He 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 did an exchange uh, in Australia, and he was just walking down the street, and he's just wearing like regular shorts and a t-shirt. And this car drove past him, stopped, and goes, "Your fucking shorts are gay, mate!" <laughs> and then just drove off. <laughs> and he's just like, uh, "What was that? Why did you guys stop a car, yell that out, and then drive on?" I'm sure it was a Commodore too. Yeah, probably. I guess that's just Australia for it's you, just, bro. Yeah. You're welcome to the Australian metaverse. <laughs> uh, mm. All right, Jason, let's fucking wrap this up, man. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. Right? It's my first ever podcast. Is it? Yeah, ever. Yeah. Dude, it's my third ever podcast. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Well, three's my favorite number. So. Is it really? Yeah, it's meant to be. Damn, son. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me on here. It's been nice. It's Dude, been, it's, it's been fun. It's been really fun. And I, you're one of my favorite people, and I love you very, very, very much. Love you too, mate. So, right, it's bro. good to see you. It's been a while. Yeah, it has, mate. Fucking cheers. Cheers. Australia Day. Happy Australia Day, cunts, wherever you are. All right. Peace out, guys. Mwah.